0: Mac Power Users, Episode 64, Keyboard Maestro. Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Power Users podcast. I'm Katie Floyd, alongside with David Sparks. How are you, David?
1: I am fantastic. Thank you for asking.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm sitting here. I've got my uh, Mac Power Users coffee cup in front of me, and I'm actually wearing my Mac Power Users t-shirt. Somehow I I felt very festive today. I was thinking about you.
1: I have my Mac Power Users long johns on. Do you? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I also have my Mac Power Users neck scarf, so we're good.
0: I don't think I got the long johns or the neck scarf.
1: Yeah. Well, you had to pay extra for that.
0: Oh, this must be a limited edition.
1: Okay, so today we're starting a new series that I'm very excited about, um, all about automating your Mac. And I've been wanting to do this, and finally, we're just going to do it. Uh, so uh, this is going to be some shows. They're not going to be in order, but we're going to be interspersing these with some of the show's release. Uh, I, I as guess we
0: more get... of a theme?
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So we're going to do uh, this show this month. is going to be on Keyboard Maestro, and we're going to talk all about this great app on your Mac that lets you automate a whole bunch of stuff. And as we go into the new year, I'm working on an, a, a automator show okay. and uh, possibly Apple script. I haven't really decided yet. And maybe even some Pearl and some other uh, scripting ideas. So the idea is uh, by the time we get through this series, you're going to have an introduction and maybe some, some ninja tricks about how to automate your life that you ha- hadn't used already. So I'm mm-hmm. wow. um, looking forward to these. So is it going to make my coffee for me? Uh, if uh, you had the right equipment, maybe an Arduino and some USB stuff, you you might be able to pull that off. Actually, all right. Well, oh, uh, that would be a good idea in Arduino show. Maybe <laughs> we'll keep that I'm writing that down. Okay. Uh, but anyway, if you've got ideas, a monster, yeah, automator requests and ideas, please let us know because I am serious about making this show uh, really great next year. And one of the things we're going to teach you to do is automate your life. But for today, we're talking about keyboard maestro and I've uh, been using Keyboard Maestro now for seriously for about three months, but I am not the super expert on it that I'd like to be. But I've been reading this guy online and uh, at MacDrifter.com. dot uh, com. He's this blogger, and I don't even know how I found him. Gabe is here. Gabe Weatherhead is our Mac Drifter. Hey, Gabe.
0: Hello. Hi. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks so, Gabe, having- welcome.
1: Gabe, I don't know how, how did I find your Mac Drifter site. Did you and I start writing each other, or?
2: I- think so. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I may have responded to something you had said on one of your podcasts and, and pointed you to Keyboard Maestro. I, I, I don't recall, but yeah. yeah, we've had a couple
1: exchanges. Well, yeah. Gabe's got a great website and it's not just Keyboard Maestro. It's just all sorts of good Apple nerdy goodness. And
0: yeah, it's on my RSS feed. It's a good one yeah. to stick in there.
1: Yeah, I've been linking it at Max Barkey when he comes up with some amazing stuff. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to introduce Gabe to our audience. And also since Gabe is the Keyboard Maestro Ninja, as far as I can tell, I thought it'd be the perfect person to have in to talk with us as we work through this out.
0: So welcome, Gabe. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay, um, Gabe, so- can you can you give us an overview? Because a lot of people haven't used Keyboard Maestro before. So can give us the thumbnail sketch. Someone who has no clue what this is you know, I'm, I'm kicking along, I'm happy with my Mac, you know, I've got tools, I, I've got this, you know, we've done shows on launch bar before, you know, we've done shows on simple automation. We've done shows on simple automator. W- what is this keyboard maestro thing and what is it going to add to my Mac experience?
2: Um, I guess I, I look at it a couple ways. Um, It's, it's kind of like my, my just general purpose toolbox, there, there's some apps that are you know very good at their specific tasks like specific window managers or um, you know application launchers but keyburn maestro has a has a really deep um, feature set that you can combine as little or as much as you want um, maybe the way way I would think about it is it's what automator will probably be in about five years so it, it's it, it's an easy way to build macros but then it has this execution engine that you can tie all these really complicated macros to specific things like run a macro at a very specific time or run it when I hit a particular hotkey or when a particular application starts um, it, it's 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 very general purpose it's hard to give like a very um a, single sentence description, I guess, for this application. It's got a launcher. It's got a window manager. It's got a, a script manager, um, macro builder, all in one convenient package.
1: Pointed a toolkit for your Mac is a really good way to put it because uh, I think it's the broadest automation tool on the Mac.
2: That's right. I think um, it's in the, in the spirit of something like Quicksilver where... If you don't want to invest a lot of time, you can still do really cool things with it. But if you really want to dig in and totally customize the way you use your Mac, you can take it as deep as you're willing to go. You know, that's, I think that was, that was true of Quicksilver, and to some degree it's true of LaunchBar. Um, it definitely describes Keyboard Maestro, though.
0: Okay, so what what are some of the basic things that that I can do with Keyboard Maestro? I, so I, I can control applications with Keyboard Maestro, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So it, it, at the really superficial level, it's very much like Automator, where you can say, "Watch me do something," and record everything I do in a series of steps as like a script, and then um, play that back however you see fit. So the, you know, everybody kind of knows how Automator works. Keyboard Maestro adds another layer on top of that of um, embedding a script, uh, another script within, within an action, but then tying that whole thing to very granular functions on your Mac. Like, um, you know, when I open a specific app, check to see if another app is open. Like if I open NV Alt, if um, Multi Markdown Composer is not open, launch that as well. You know, those are the kinds of things you can do with it. I used to use it uh, exclusively as my window manager app on the Mac, where you can tell it, you know, tie this um, to, a, to this specific key or mouse um, action to resize a window or to move a window to a particular location and then resize it. Um, you can get even more detailed of every time I launch this app, here's how I want the windows arranged. Uh, So it's um, very good at uh, controlling the the, kind of the user environment. You can tell it, go and select this menu option and then look for a button with this name and click that button or click this specific position on the screen. So I use it a lot to bridge apps that say don't have very good scripting support.
0: Yeah, that's what Um, I was just thinking.
2: Yeah, like Mail or Preview, which really don't have any ability to script kind of um, some of the more commonly used functions. You can just use Keyboard Maestro and say, click this menu, go down, choose this option. And it's not just recording your mouse position. It's actually recording what menu, the name of the menu that was selected and the name of the menu item that was selected.
1: Okay. I think you guys are getting really microscopic on me. Let's, (laughs) Let's back up for a minute, though. Okay. Um, you know, so Keyboard Maestro is, is 36 bucks on the Mac App right. Store. Um, you can also buy it at the website if you mm-hmm. want. It's uh, Stairway Software, and right. they uh, were kind enough to give a 20% discount to Mac Power users listeners. Hmm. So if you put in MPU as your coupon code and you buy from the website, you'll get 20% off.
2: I actually would recommend buying it from the website rather than the Mac App Store. I love the Mac App Store, but. Keyboard Maestro is one of those things that needs to have really deep access on the on your, you know, system and I'm I'm very concerned that the Mac App Store will cut that off.
0: And I think someday. the developer even said that too. I think if you read the description in the Mac App Store, he actually puts a little disclaimer in there about I'm not real sure how long this is going to stay in the Mac App hey. Store. Hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. and of course I bought it in the Mac App Store 3 months ago, you know, when it first came out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, but yeah, the the problem is sandboxing. If this thing needs access to your apps and sandboxing, you know, really takes effect and they don't they don't give it an exception, mm-hmm. then you're gonna be probably in trouble.
2: That that will be a very, very big problem for So this. I
1: may end up buying it twice. Hmm. Okay.
2: Well I'm sure Peter Lewis will thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing about this app I like. Um it's a small developer, you know, one guy. Uh-huh. and he's lovingly crafted this app. It's you know the stereotypical perfect Mac developer, someone who just loves what he's doing and is making something great.
2: And he's been perfecting it over many, many years. I mean, this, he's had this application since about 2004, I think, and just continually updated it and added new features. Uh, It's definitely, it's definitely an app that I don't worry will disappear anytime soon. you know, which is, you know, I still have a little bit of, um, hesitation after the Quicksilver days of whether or not it would stick around and now it's back and when you depend when, when you program your muscle memory so tightly with a single app you really become nervous about it continuing
1: yeah well I mean keyboard maestro is an app that's being sold for money that's yeah, what makes it difference. Quicksilver so I think it'll be around um, it's a great app though and if you're listening to this show and from your computer go download the demo so you can play along. Uh, talk a little bit, Gabe, about the way you build these modules in Keyboard Maestro because I think just you know if you're listening to the show and you're not looking at a screen, it's kind of good to visualize a little bit how it works.
2: I'm um, very much like Automator. There's a list of actions available that you can select. They're they're bucketed into different categories, and you you really drag and drop them into a, a sequence, and you say you know carry this along. Um, the, there's also variables, which Automator has as well, that you can embed and pass information around between different parts of your script. Um, but one of the real critical features, it's, 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 very, it's not obvious how important it is when you first start building a script, but there's the trigger section. You tell it how you want this macro to be made available. And it can be made available through um, a menu bar. It can be made available through a hotkey. Or through typing a, st- a te- piece of text in anywhere in, in your um, in your Mac, um, it can be made available to be executed at a specific time. So all these different triggers that that becomes really the probably the um, the secret sauce of Keyboard Maestro. Because if it was just a a tool for building macros and saving them. I don't know that it would have a whole lot of value for me because I, I can write Apple script to do a lot of this stuff. Um, so but but building an Apple script is only half the problem. It's getting it to where you want it. And one of the really fantastic features I find in Keyboard Maestro is the ability to assign the same hotkey to multiple macros to um so that when one problem I've had with a lot of hotkey Related apps I've used a couple in the past is just remembering what they all are. What are all the hotkey combinations I have, or what's all the what's all the um, snippet short terms I have for expansion of, of, of text snippets and things like that? It, my memory's just not that good anymore. So by having a redundant hotkey for multiple actions, I can put them all together. Like I have have all of my um, text manipulation actions set up to be triggered by, you know, command option T and then I can select text and hit command option T and it'll come up with a list of, here's all the macros you have to do something with this piece of text. And okay. I just hit the number key. All
1: right. And stop there. So tell me the specific macros you built around text.
2: Oh boy. Uh, a, a bunch around uh, um, markdown, I have macros to convert bulleted lists to numbered lists and vice versa. Now, of course, uh, several of the, the more recent Markdown-specific um, apps have made these kind of <laughs> not as useful anymore because they're built-in functions now, but I still find it incredibly powerful to be able to select a, a piece and add tags around it or to, you know, if I'm writing HTML or to add Markdown tags um, to make it a, you know, an H2 header or... Uh, I have um, cleanup uh, macros where I can select text and trim all the white space or make it plain text, you know, just from the selection. If it has formatting, remove all the formatting. Yeah, so that's almost, almost anything you can imagine doing with text, Keyboard Maestro can automate for you. As
1: so as an example, you could drag, uh, you could copy a bunch of text on the Apple website. So then in your buffer, you've got this block of text with some unique formatting, hard carriage returns, a whole bunch of stuff you don't want. And you could activate your macro, and then you could either just paste it as plain text, or you could even get more fancy and and do some additional formatting to it right within your buffer. That's right, yeah. yeah. And the yeah. way that's cool with Keyboard Maestro is that rather than having to remember a separate keyboard command for each one of those commands, it's just under this Alt-Command-Shift-T or whatever your command is. And then it pops a little menu on a screen, and it's got a numbered list, and you just press the number that corresponds to what you want it to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I yeah. think I think that's really neat. And um, that's what I think Keyboard Maestro really excels at, is combining a powerful scripting engine with the ability to access them quickly.
0: And one of the benefits, I think, also is that so you don't have you know, 50 different options available keyed to a specific keystroke or a specific hotkey, is that you can also set up some limitations so that these types of scripts or these types of macros are only available in either this specific application or these applications. So it might not make sense for you to have a text-specific macro um, available in a uh, photo editing program. Um, So you can be very specific so that if you have a bunch of things keyed to the same macro, you don't have this humongous list. When you're only in a specific program, it's going to support so many things.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a really good observation because if I have I have a bunch of macros for manipulating files for like you know FTP um, sending them through FTP up to a server. I don't really need those available when I'm in a text editor. In fact, I don't want them available because I don't want to accidentally send a file to my FTP server because I hit the wrong macro in my text editor. Uh, Yeah, tying them to a very specific environment um, is is another, I think, key feature of the the way you can trigger macros.
1: And and you can even set exclusions. So, for instance, if I have the Control-Option-Command-T as my text trigger in Keyboard Maestro, but that's also the shortcut I use in OmniFocus to set to the today perspective, which it happens to be, Mm -hmm. um, I can set an exclusion that when I'm in OmniFocus the keyboard maestro doesn't fire. And instead I get my my um, OmniFocus shortcut. That's, that's right. So it's, it's very powerful and it's very broad. And the way you set it up is just like Gabe explained. And it's very similar if you've used Automator of dragging actions into a window. Um, it's not got the app-specific actions like Automator does, but instead it's more like control-specific actions and in some cases, that's better. Like the mouse control with Keyboard Maestro is much better than it is with Automator. I know Automator has that new ability. Well, it's not new now. It's been around for a couple versions where you can follow the mouse clicks and, and incorporate that into an Automator script. And I've never had good luck with that, whereas in Keyboard Maestro, it works great. So um, like if you're one of these gamers that you know wants to have your game running while you're away to rack up points or whatever... Sure you literally could track mouse clicks and and just yeah. set it to go.
0: Yeah, that's, that's right. That's a completely yeah. foreign concept to me.
1: Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> get it either. Okay, quick story. I played that oh, um boy. I played that show that game uh, Star Wars Galaxies years ago. Cuz I grew up I love Star Wars, right? So, it's the first time I ever played an online role-playing game or MMORPG, right? So I played it for a couple months and then I was driving home from work one day and I was thinking I have to get home early because I have to move my minds, you know, because I had minds that were <laughs> trying to earn me money, you know? And then I listened to myself and I'm like, oh, wait, I have to get home early so I can cancel my Star Wars Galaxy's account. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I literally at home and just turned it off and that was the end of that. <laughs> anyway, okay, enough of that. All right, so Gabe, let's talk uh, specifics now. So everybody has a general idea of how it works. You really do need to see it. Um, maybe I'll do a blog post or something showing how you build a couple basic ones because it really doesn't lend itself to talking. But um, let's talk about some of the specific ones that you've built. Okay. Um, Why don't we start with text expansion or text, I'm sorry, text manipulation.
2: Text manipulation. So I've I've already highlighted a couple of the the ones I use around um, Markdown um, I have some ones, some that I just rely upon all the time. I have um, a natural language date insert um, function, which isn't so much text manipulation as it is like a, a almost like a snippet expansion. It's um, it, it's it pops up a um, text box that I can type in just a natural language date, like you know three week three weeks from today, and it will pop in that date. Wherever the mouse cursor was—that's one I use all the time. It's it's kind of like fantastical, except for just generic text, no specific application. Um,
1: That's one. Um, Okay. So, and how do you? What's the um, syntax for that?
2: The syntax for how how to how I built the macro, or how it accepts the 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 uh,
1: the date. Both.
2: So the macro actually has uh, an embedded. Um, script inside of it. It's not, this is something I wanted to get to a little later. It's the, the, the learning curve that you're willing to take on with, with keyboard maestro. Yeah. Um, I put a lot of custom scripts into my macros because I like to tweak things that most applications don't easily make available. Um, and I I have I'm partial to Python right now because I that's that's what I like to play in I, I use Apple Script a lot too. I would say that's on the the that's outside of the realm of keyboard maestro because okay. if, if you're writing scripts anyways, it, it's really just acting as a script execution engine, something like FastScripts.
1: Okay, so so building the fancy pants script that figures out what 3 days from 3 weeks from today is yeah. requires a little bit more than the basic usage.
2: Yeah, that's right. But um, you
1: but you did a post on this, right? Mhm. Yeah. So we're going to link it. So if you're interested in that and you don't even know what Python is, it doesn't matter cuz you're going to go to Gabe's website and you're going to get everything you need to to put it together.
2: But if you just wanted to insert today's date or a date plus a certain number of days, Keyboard Maestro actually has built-in variables for that that you just drop right into your into your macro as an action. You say, you know, set this variable equal to today's date, and then paste this variable or type this variable. So it, at a very kind of um, beginner level, you can you can create things that seem like they're scripts that are, are doing interesting things with text. Um, one thing I did just a couple days ago, uh, I don't know if you saw Brett Terpstra's post about key bindings.
1: Yeah, he's got an ongoing series on it. It just gets better.
2: Yeah, I mean, they've been awesome. And something I like to do is I like to take something like that and say, can I do this in Keyboard Maestro? You know, I, I understand key key bindings and I could probably start using those. But if I can put everything in one basket in Keyboard Maestro, then I know where everything is. So I just sat out to kind of replicate his key bindings, and it's really, what, maybe five actions dropped into Keyboard Maestro, no scripting. And I can replicate pretty much all of his key bindings of wrapping text in specific things, like wrapping them in parentheses or wrapping them in braces or uh, quotes or double quotes, Um that's a, that's a good example of text manipulation in, in uh, Keyboard Maestro. And really what, it, what it's doing, the first action just um, is simulates the command X key. So you select some text, and it simulates command X, copies that to the clipboard, uses that as a variable, and then surrounds it with the you know, whatever you want to surround it with, parentheses or, or brackets or quotes. And then it just essentially pastes that text back in. That's exactly how simple it is keyboard maestro uses the, the the clipboard a lot
1: okay well that's uh so that's an example um and it's kind of interesting gabe because you're really trying to use keyboard maestro for everything uh you're also doing some text expansion here right
2: yeah i do i do some text expansion i do most of my text expansion and text expander i i like to keep as much as i can in keyboard maestro because it I got to a point where I was using so many different applications for everything that I would forget how something was actually happening on my Mac. You know, I, I, I want to change the way something was behaving and I wouldn't remember, is this an Apple script I'm storing somewhere and executing by fast scripts? Is it like, how was I doing this? So I slowly started putting as much as I could in keyboard Maestro and it's, it's kept up with everything I've needed. Text expansion is a little different. Um, I you can end up with a. am sure you're you're aware you, you both use text expander and you can end up with a lot of snippets and text expander is very good at organizing them and keeping track of them and kind of showing you how they're used keyboard maestro isn't as um friendly for organizing snippets I would say it uses a folder structure but it it can be difficult to find what what you're looking for
1: um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you my impression is that keyboard maestro is great but it's not really a text expansion app like text expander. And, that's right. You know, I have hundreds of expansion snippets and text expander, if not thousands. And I wouldn't want to track all that in keyboard maestro. <laughs> it doesn't also have the iOS uh, integration. You know oh, what? I think one. I'm starting to give an ad, Katie. I think you about. are
0: starting to give an ad. Maybe we should just talk about our first sponsor.
1: Yeah. Let's do that. Which happens to be text expander.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> talk about so Smile a setup. software. They were our first sponsor. I just love the people there. Really intelligent, smart people trying to make great software. And again, it's a pretty small shop and they're dedicated to us, Mac users. And they came out with this great app, Text Expander. And it's the app that keeps giving. It's $35 and it expands your text. So we've talked about it a lot in the past, but uh, it works on both iOS and Mac. Uh, now the snippets seamlessly jump back and forth using the Dropbox integration and I just use it every day. You yeah. use, So, so uh, Gabe, you said you use text expander. What's your favorite snippets?
2: Oh, I have lots of Markdown snippets, uh, primarily because I do a lot on my iPad and it, those are invaluable in a lot of the, a um, lot of the apps that don't directly support Markdown functions.
1: Yeah, that's in, a, in my office. We're, Finally, getting serious about paperless January 1. We're going to be a paperless law firm. And I've got all these Text Expander snippets to name files now. It's great. You just type in a couple of keystrokes, it inserts the date, the codes, everything that we specifically add, it puts together for you, saves you a bunch of keystrokes.
0: That's very exciting. And you know, I use Text Expander all the time on my iOS devices because even though Apple has incorporated these uh, shortcuts now in iOS 5, which is a good start, but it's Nowhere near the power of Text Expander because Text Expander syncs via Dropbox, and all of my snippets are. On my Mac, they're actually on my PC, and I have a companion app called Brevi that I use on my PC. And now they sync, and they're on all of my iOS devices. So as long as I'm using an iOS app that has been designed to work with Text Expander, and Text Expander gives away to developers uh, this great development tool. And developers, if you're not taking advantage of this, you need to be taking advantage of this and putting Text Expander support into your apps because all of my snippets, like you said, David, like you, I've got hundreds of them are right there at my fingertips. On any of my iOS devices as well. It's just too easy.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm so damaged that I catch myself writing with by hand. Sometimes I write snippets.
0: Oh, you know? most of mine uh, have a know. have a semicolon in them, so I usually don't do that.
2: Yeah. I don't actually, but I buy a lot of uh, iOS apps, particularly text editors. I'm always looking for that one perfect text editor. That's my number one criteria. If it doesn't support text expander, I, I'm not interested.
0: See, you're good developers. You're losing money.
1: See, when I do a billing entry, it's like a um, prepare letter to opposing counsel. It's B-P-L-T-O, bill, bill prepare letter to opposing counsel. So my secretary needed me to write some stuff down for her. And I just wrote B-P-L-T-O, and she's like, what the hell is this? (laughs) I forgot. I I don't have it in my hand yet. They need a version for my hand. Anyway, $35, text expander for Mac. You can get the iOS version and i forget the price do you remember Jamie? the
0: ios version is 499 uh yeah. and uh phil and greg start working on the hand version for david
1: yes please That's i need great. it <laughs>
0: <laughs> and thank you smile for your kind support of our podcast
1: uh, gabe one thing that i've really found useful for keyboard maestro is application control and setting up my mac and mm-hmm. it seems like keyboard maestro is truly the best tool for this in my toolbox uh you want to talk about that a little bit
2: sure yeah i have a bunch of macros around this I'm, I'm pretty particular when i um i get up in the morning and i uh you know get my coffee and i'm on my way out of the house i want to quickly stop and look at my calendar my email and omnifocus cuz i'm going to get to work and i have to work on a windows machine all day <laughs> and I, I don't don't uh keep much of this information available through windows so when I come to my Mac, I don't want to sit there and like, where's the window? Would find the app, hide a bunch of stuff. So I have a I have a macro set up that every morning at the same time my alarm clock goes off, it executes and it hides all the apps and then brings up just Mail, my calendar, and OmniFocus and arranges them across my monitors in a very specific order so that I'm all set to go. I just you know walk in, move my mouse, and there's there's my you know day ahead of me. Um, that's one that that still runs every day for me. I used to use it for all my window management on the um, on the Mac. I've, I've kind of started to move over to Moom. I don't know if I use that. Yeah, that's great. It's a great app, and and they really um, seduced me with just their uh, quick access through mouse control of you know hovering over the little green lozenge to get to get um, to uh, to custom window settings. But I still use Keyboard Maestro to talk to Moom. So I set up, you know, locations of windows with Moom, and Moom is scriptable. So I can just drop in, you know, like two or three lines of AppleScript into Keyboard Maestro and have one key that starts all the applications, gets them running, tells Moom, you know, use this position for all these windows. Uh, So it's really kind of glue between everything, too.
1: Okay, but I got to stop for a second. So, in the morning, your Mac by by what time it is, using Keyboard Maestro sets up all your windows in order.
2: That's right. And hides everything else that right, I have been working on. That's
1: that's pretty uh, that's pretty far out there, brother.
2: Uh, that's that's it, it's like I live in the future.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that that would work well for me. I guess if I if I kept my Mac, I usually have my Mac locked at night. I guess there's really no reason to do that.
1: Do you, sleep, do you sleep like Mac? Do you sleep uh, compute? <laughs> Wake up in the middle of <laughs> the night. Well, that's cool. Um, the, the, uh, the other thing we were talking about was script triggering. Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of we covered that already. But um, what are some of the interesting scripts you use?
2: One uh, that I use every day until I upgraded to iOS 5, and it seems to have broke the, the um, iOS app. So Keyboard Maestro has an iOS app that essentially just talks to um, Keyboard Maestro on your Mac. Keyboard Meister on your Mac can be set up to run as a web server on your internal network. Uh, and the iOS app gives you access to all of your macros on your Mac. So I don't know how many times this happens to me. I'll, I'll need to sync with an app that has to be running in order to do the sync, like uh, Bento. I don't know if you use Bento on the yeah. iPad. Yeah. So Bento on your Mac has to be running in order to do the sync. Well, you know it, it can be very frustrating to realize it's not running and have to go down back down to the office and start it up just to do the sync. By that point, there was kind of no point in doing the sync. Um, so through the iOS app, you can trigger the the web server to run the macro that starts up Bento.
1: Yeah.
2: So I have two macros: one to start Bento, one to quit Bento. And that worked great up until iOS five, and it, it seems like that that broke it recently. I just sent a bug report to uh, Stairways. about it. Yeah.
1: So Peter, basically, when the iPhone came out, wanted to be part of that too. Mm-hmm. So he made a way to trigger r- events from your Mac using the Keyboard Maestro app on your on your phone. Mm-hmm. That's
2: right. And you can still do it from a uh, from Safari. It, it, you can uh, contact the web server that's running under keyboard maestro on your mac and tell it uh run this macro and you can set up security for it so you don't have to be worried somebody on your network could somehow run a script that cleans your hard drive up or you know um
0: now that's interesting how does it know like in your bento example how does it know when the sync is done do you just have it wait a set period of time or
2: i trigger it manually i trigger the the application quit manually when i when the sync is done i can launch uh, keyboard maestro again, or just switch back to keyboard maestro and hit the quit. But it, it actually doesn't, it doesn't bother me that much if it's still running. Cause you know, the next morning I'll come in and it'll be hidden anyways.
1: Yeah. I've been having trouble with Bento, you know, it seems because the sync is kind of tedious and they really mm-hmm. haven't figured out a way to share a library without some Dropbox chicanery. Uh, it's it's hard to make it fit into my system because I've got so much portable data.
2: I, I totally agree, and it's a shame because it's a beautiful app. It yeah. has really nice features, but the the lack of good sync is, is killing it.
1: And you know they're owned by Apple, so it's not like they shouldn't have access to some pretty smart engineers to fix that. I don't right. get it. I really don't.
2: I don't know. I've been doing a. I, I did a post not long ago about I. Uh, about how to keep a, a database, and I've tried a bunch of different apps on both the Mac and iOS, and Bento was one of them that hit everything except for the ability to sync and share across devices.
1: Yeah, I mean they should be like drinking, you know, the uh, iCloud Kool Aid, and they should be, and you know, they should be on all that stuff, but they're not. So hopefully, they will. Uh, one of the things we were talking about before the show was clipboards. And, you know, as a clipboard manager, uh, I use Launchbar for this, and it'd mm-hmm. be really hard to convince me otherwise. Mm-hmm. But I know there's several people that believe Keyboard Maestro is the best uh, clipboard manager, and I believe you're one of them. So, how do you do that on Keyboard Maestro?
2: Keyboard Maestro gives you the ability to create custom named clipboards or you know spontaneous new clipboards where you can just start compiling information. So if I'm researching a particular topic, I'll create a, a Keyboard Maestro clipboard and drop everything in there. And unlike LaunchBar, which kind of just gives you this continuous list of everything, Keyboard Maestro separates it out. So you don't have to worry about contaminating your clipboard from one you know, project to the next. You can then the clipboards are permanent unless you decide to delete them. They have um, quick look access. So you can quickly see what it was in the, you know, what the particular item is in the clipboard. You can do things like search the clipboard. Um, you can do things like run a filter on the clipboard to to manipulate the objects in the clipboard. Like if if you wanted to remove um, particular pieces of text from every item in the clipboard, you can run a filter through the whole thing and, and manipulate all the all the text in it so it's it's i'm not a power user of of launchbar by any stretch but the clipboard history in Launch launchbar for me is just the immediate history it's it's a running list of pretty much everything all mish all mashed together
1: okay so that's interesting i could see a, a case for using both of them really uh so using keyboard maestro you could set up permanent clipboards so if mm-hmm. there's projects you do frequently And there's snippets of text, and would it hold images as well?
2: Yeah, it holds holds everything, yeah.
1: Okay, so Mm -hmm. for instance, if I was doing, let's say every week or two I was doing a post about the Mac Power users, I could put my artwork and standard links and everything into a Mac Power users post clipboard.
2: That's right. And then I I could just pull the stuff.
1: Sorry. Go ahead, no.
2: What was the app? Remember the old Apple app that was—it was like Clips or something like that, where you could store a scrapbook. Bunch of clips per- scrapbook. Scrapbook. Yeah. Scrapbook. Yeah, it's like very much more like scrapbook. I think clipboard is almost like a misnomer for it. It's—it's—it's it's, it's different than a clipboard, in my opinion, because it's like a permanent holding place for this information.
0: Mm. See, okay, that's so another thing that I use Text Expander for.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> I just created a for- Text Expander snippet with that information.
1: Yeah, the, as, for instance, the Mac Power Users post is a snippet for me because I already have the image uploaded to my server. So all I do is type in the snippet and put in the number, and then I think of something witty for iTunes subscribers, and I write it in there. The um,
0: With fill-in blanks for, like, the, the show number, and then I have a fill-in the clipboard history for, like, the links and all. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah so- I could still see a case for this with Keyboard Maestro, like, even just – for my work stuff, like writing briefs and things, there are certain pieces of text that I use quite often. But I don't know. If it's just text, once again, I'm probably in text expander. But let's say I, wanted, I want to play with this. I didn't realize that you could keep permanent clipboards. How do I go about doing that in Keyboard Maestro?
2: Um, you go into into the preferences, and you create named clipboards. I don't know if you're looking at it right yeah, now.
1: I am. I see. Yeah, clipboard. under
2: clipboards, you can create... Pretty, okay. I don't know if there's a limit, but you, you can create just a, a whole bunch of clipboards uh, by name, and those will just persist. I don't use them so much as like a text, exp- like a, like a library. Yeah. I use it for if I'm doing a particular project and I want to collect a bunch of stuff, I'll create a custom clipboard for that project and then dump everything in there, uh, you know, images, URLs, tech, bits of text. Um, I am a plain text guy, but it has its limits, especially if I want images.
1: Now, and how do you accumulate items into this specific clipboard? Is it just Command-C?
2: Command-C adds it to the plain clipboard. You can set up uh, triggers that, you know, any any trigger you want, like Command-Option-Control-C could be your, you know, copy to my specific clipboard name, or you can pop up and you can put all your clipboard copies on the same key. So if you map them all to Command-C, it would pop up with a list of the clipboard actions to to paste to any specific clipboard.
1: And like we were talking about earlier, then you'd press the corresponding number key to put it into the appropriate clipboard. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to okay. play with that. Yeah, that's one I missed. Okay. And um, as a script launcher, you also had talked about using it as a script launcher as opposed to you know, like uh, a service or some of the other ways you can launch scripts?
2: Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've used a lot of script launchers, uh, including including LaunchBar. I mean, you can you can use LaunchBar as a script launcher if you set it up right.
1: Yeah, it, that is my script launcher.
2: Yeah, and, and it works well. I've, I've had some quirks with LaunchBar in that if I'm trying to use a selected piece of text that in the script, LaunchBar sometimes loses focus of the selection. Um, meaning I, I, I have to make sure that I copy it first to the clipboard and then run the script. Whereas uh, Keyboard Maestro, you can actually have it do it as part of the macro and, and embed the script in the, in the macro and say, um, access this, this, this particular clipboard um, or this particular variable that I've stored this information in. They give you a couple ways to embed scripts. You can put the t- the script text directly in to uh, the script trigger, or you can point it to a script file if that's if that's how you prefer to do it.
1: This is another example of where Keyboard Maestro operates as a as a whole solution. Uh, for instance, any scripts that I build around selected text or selected objects, I always create a services mm-hmm. and then just embed whatever the script is into the service. And you know, I. Have this text selected. I right click and I start the service. And whereas in this case, so that's why I've never really run into that problem with LaunchBar. I use LaunchBar just to launch scripts that don't really require selected text. Mm-hmm. Uh, but using Keyboard Maestro, I guess you could do them both in in one. That's right. Um, you talked a little bit about variables, and uh, I think that's a very unique feature of Keyboard Maestro. I mean, now we do have variables in Automator. More recently, but uh, I think the idea of it is a is a good one for a scripting platform. Uh, you want to talk about that just a little bit?
2: Sure, I'll uh, I'll talk about an example where Keyboard Maestro surpassed my expectations.
1: Okay. Great. <laughs>
2: I, I was trying to store some information permanently, uh, and and uh, in the in the process, I was trying to use Keyboard Maestro to say, you know, every time I hit this key, copy the text, and then stash it in a file somewhere so I can create this whole kind of like list of information. Um, and I was playing around with this for a while and I finally sent uh, sent um, a support email and said, hey, is there any way that I could store a variable permanently? And the response was, they're all stored permanently by default. There's no temporary variables, which means if you store a piece of information into a variable in Clip in Keyboard Maestro and restart your Mac, that variable is still there. That information is still there, which is pretty nice um, for, especially for somebody like me who likes to build a lot of crazy scripts that do weird things and store pieces of information all over the place. Uh, it, having a particular variable permanently available means I can run one macro, store a piece of information as a variable, later on run another macro and know that you know, that, that piece of information is still there and use it. So. Like creating a you know a contact out of a, if I copy somebody's name and I want to create a contact in, a, in another app, or if I want to reformat text later on, I've, I've saved it to a variable, I know it's still there to access.
1: and I, I don't pretend to be an expert at this, but I suspect that that is a better behavior than we would get with automator variables, which I believe reset every time you run the script.
2: I believe so, yeah.
1: But uh, we're going to have an automator show and I'll be able to ask somebody... Smarter than me about that when we get there, <laughs> hey you know let 's take a, a break real quick and talk about our second sponsor, one password yeah and uh katie you've got some interesting thoughts this yeah, week yeah
0: there's some there's some interesting things going on in the world of max security this week you know david there's a uh, there's been some news about this devil robber Trojan, have you heard about that
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, well, you know the one password guys and gals are all on top of it, and in fact they 've got a blog post about it that uh, Um, I strongly suggest if you don't have the 1Password blog in your RSS feed, you should be because they don't post, you know, all the time, you know, a couple times a, a month, maybe. But what they've got in there is very important. Mm-hmm. So there's this Trojan circulating around among the file sharing systems that is pretending to be a pirated copy of a very popular photo editing software. So uh, if you go out on the the file servers and you decide to to download this illegal copy of this pirated version of this this photo editor software, and you install it on your Mac, it's going to ask you for your password to install your your user password, um, and then once you Enter your user password. Once installed, this trojan then attempts to steal your private information, including—and this is the scary part—your One Password file. Um, now, this is kind of the first time we've seen a, a trojan that's gone out there and attacked the One Password file. So, One Password was all on top of this. A couple of things we should take away from this immediately is, you know, shame on you for being out there on the file sharing sites and trying to download pirated software and. You know, yeah, part of it kind of says the, you
1: get what you deserve. that's the starting point is that's you get the starting point by downloading something from BitTorrent and then entering your system password right which da-
0: downloading something that, that you're trying to steal from BitTorrent,
1: yeah, and yeah. if you're doing that, you're really you're making a mistake on many levels,
0: yeah so so you're being foolish on many levels um and but here's the good news is that. 1Password still has you covered because your 1Password data is extremely well encrypted. And this 1Password blog post that I referenced goes into lots more detail. And the 1Password team is constantly analyzing all of these threats and learning what they can do to improve their security going forward. So they've got to give them props for staying on top of this. And this is a, a clue in for everybody else is that if you're not using 1Password or if you know people who aren't using 1Password – these kinds of things are going to be happening more often and there's never been a better time. So of course, instead of just scaring you, 1Password also lets you know that you're protected and then gives you some recommendations for the types of things that that you should be doing to ensure that even if you are infected, what should you be doing to make sure that your your data is safe? And they recommend first and foremost, use a very strong master password for your 1 password. And they offer a, a great blog post with tips on that. They say that you should be using their strong password generator to complete or to create completely random and unique passwords Mm -hmm. for all of your different websites. You don't want them to repeat. You don't want them to be something memorable um, that if somebody gets one, they can go guess it across the other passwords, uh, other websites. And you can even use one password to go through and check all of your passwords to see where you're using duplicates or where you're using weak passwords. So um, you can get all this done within one password. Check out their blog post for more information. They go over this in a lot more detail. But um, if you're not using one password, or if you're not using it to its full potential, now's the time.
1: Yeah, I
2: actually, I actually used that uh, feature—the search, search all your passwords feature—recently. I accidentally exposed one of my uh, old passwords that I had had used a lot, and quickly freaked me out to the point I was able to. To just jump into One Password search and say, "Show me everywhere that I've used that password," you know, and, and stored it in One Password. And, and there were a couple accounts out there that I had totally forgot I had, but they were using that password.
1: You know, I, I occasionally get emails from people that say, "You know, I know they're a sponsor. I mean, do you really believe in these guys?" Let me just say, I absolutely believe in One Password. I use it for all my stuff. I've my family's on it, my friends are on it, my professional acquaintances. Anybody that I know, I try and get in this application because I think it is so necessary in this day and age. Uh, So you can download it from the Mac App Store for $40. Um, I'm sorry, it's $50 at the Mac App Store, but that gives you the free upgrade to version 4. You can get it from the website for $40, but that's just one license. I I prefer the Mac App Store version, so you can have everyone on your account using it. Uh, There's a hybrid version for iOS that gets you both the iPad and the iPhone for $15, or you can get it for $10 for just the iPhone or the iPad. And, Great don't, app.
0: and don't forget, David, there's a PC version too. So if you're yeah. stuck using a PC at work, you can yeah. uh, you can download the PC version as well.
1: And that works with Dropbox too. So your passwords come straight over from your Mac and your iOS devices.
0: Yep. I've installed it on my work PC and, and I've got everything everywhere now.
1: So thanks 1Password for sponsoring the show.
0: Gabe, I I get that keyboard maestro is, is very cool and it, it can do a lot of things and I can do scripting and I can do clipboard history and I can do some text expansion and I can do all of these, these neat things inside of here, but give me some practical ideas. How, how can I make this work for me? Because I've got the app, I've installed it and, and maybe I'm a little bit overwhelmed. So, so what are some tips and some of your favorite examples that, that people can use maybe to get started and then grow from there?
2: Well for a new user one I think one of the immediate advantages is just remapping keys that you may not uh, like what they're mapped to I know you can do that in the in the operating system itself but you can actually set it up like David suggested that within one particular application a certain function key now has a different behavior and and switch between applications and the and you know and they have different different behaviors between each application I use one that um, is uh, for uh, screenshots. So, you know the normal screenshot behavior. You can map it to you know the current window or a rectangle or crosshair, you know of uh, of the screen. And I set up one specific one that takes a screenshot, pops up, gives me an option of which mode to take the screenshot in. Number one, and then saves the file not just to the clipboard, but then drops it in a folder on my Dropbox, so that I have a actual png file of the screenshot as well so that if my clipboard gets wiped or moves off the stack then i still have a copy of the image i use that one constantly Um, that's my the only way i take screenshots on on my mac
1: and uh, and you could run an automator script to change the size or the formatting and do some other stuff at the same time
2: That's right. I actually just added that to one to as another entry in that palette. You know, we talked about how you can set one key to pop up a palette, and that's actually one of the entries, which is take a screenshot and resize it to you know a width of six hundred pixels. You can. uh, We've we've talked about arranging your workflow. That's that's something that right away you can get started with of telling it resize the current window and move it to this particular position. And recently they also added the ability if you have an external monitor to tell it which monitor to put the window on and then resize it. That's actually really nice. So if, if you don't want to pile on a bunch of applications on your Mac, Keyboard Maestro can actually do quite a bit of a lot of other kind of utility applications out there. Switching, you know, Switching your desktops, chaining together a bunch of a bunch of uh, commands of like uh, you know jumping between your workspace and then popping up a particular application on that workspace can be tied to one key.
1: And um, I know you've also done some interesting work with FTP and file access and keyboard. Master. Yeah, those,
2: those are. I would say those are getting a little more advanced because they use some some Apple script in them. Uh, I have one particular one that if I select a bunch of files in the Finder, it it. Um, takes them and uploads them to my FTP server that I use for my website and makes them available there. But the, what, um, what the macro is actually doing is figuring out what year and what month it is. So it knows what folder to FTP. And I don't know if you know how the, I'm sure you do that, how the WordPress, um, uploads folders are organized. They're organized by year and month. Um, yeah, on my site. So, you know, I don't want to just upload it to the all of them to the same folder because I could overwrite a file or, you know, it could get lost. So I make sure that it gets put in the right folder, and Keyboard Maestro is figuring out all that logic and and figuring out what the date is and what folder to upload it to. Um, going back a little, a little Here's an bit,
1: example of one I use that's just really dead simple is I have a folder on my Dropbox called Action, and it's kind of a clearinghouse. I guess it's the way I cheat by keeping my desktop clean is as I save receipts or anything to my desktop that I may want to process later, I put them in that action folder and I created a keyboard maestro that's a control option command A. And it just you just mash down those keys and it just moves a file to the action folder. I mean it's a simple thing, but when you're doing it all day long, it's a lot faster to do it that way than to Um, select it and move it with launch bar or to open the finder and drag it over.
0: Well, here's one I did that, you know, Gabe, you touched on earlier is that you can use keyboard maestro to add scripting to applications that maybe don't have great scripting support. And one of my favorite applications that I downloaded from the Mac app store is an application called mail steward. And in their higher levels, and they've got multiple levels, a uh, developer probably doesn't like this, uh, higher level of applications that you can buy that you have to buy directly from their website, not the Mac App Store, it will automate the the running of the, the mail archives every so often. But on the Mac App Store version, it doesn't do that. So I set up a keyboard maestro task. That will open the, uh, you know, the uh, the action goes that something like, you know, it will activate the the application and then it will type the keystrokes that I would normally have to type to start the archive process. And then I think I've got it, you know, time to, to wait, you know, so many minutes and then to quit the application. That's pretty simple, but makes my life easier. You know, just as I'm thinking about it, one keystroke. And my mail's archived.
2: And uh, let me take that a little bit further. I had a, I had a time where I was, let's say, just struggling with my task list. I wasn't um, following my OmniFocus actions quite as well as I wanted to. So I wanted to give myself a little reminder every day. And I set up a scheduled macro that essentially told OmniOutliner, take this particular project, save it as save it as a PDF and email it to my work address, So that, my work email address. So then when I get in, my very first email in my inbox is a PDF of this project and what I'm supposed to be doing. And that actually got me, got me to pay a little bit closer attention for a little while. And, and that was pretty easy to do by telling it just, um, you know, watch what I'm doing, select this menu, click this button, you know, type this email address and, and, and use this menu to send the, the message
1: Okay, Gabe, but I'm getting worried about you between having your, your apps wake up in the morning and now emailing you omnifocus groups. Yeah. <laughs> I think we gotta get you out, brother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, see
2: that by automating all this, it allows me to get out. M- so.
0: Maybe you should spend a little less time automating, a little more time doing. Yeah. <laughs> that's,
2: that's, that's a problem fun. I seem to have.
1: Now you know, you're not alone. We all no.
2: do. I like to tinker.
1: We all do. <laughs> Trust me, everybody thinks when people say that I'm some kind of guru on this stuff, it makes me laugh because I'm just so incompetent. I just happen to write about my incompetence a lot. Good for you. Um, no, but that, that's a good one, though, Katie. I like that. And even like I was thinking you could automate, although you may this would be an Apple script just as easily, you could automate the OmniFocus backup system. Like, you know, I have a task once a month to go just back up old tasks and things. But it's, it's really so broad, the things you can do with this app. What are some of your other favorites, Gabe? Um,
2: I have one for adding uh, bookmarks to pinboard.in. I I don't know if you use that bookmark service. I, I use it a lot, and uh, you know, one of my one of my big ways of using it is I'll have I'll have I'll be reading something, and it'll have a bunch of links, and I'll i want to remember to you know check out these links later. I used to just paste them into a text file, and uh, you know, label the text file and keep it as a project, but I created a, a macro that allows me to select the link, hit a, hit a hot key and it will pop up and ask me for a tag for the link. You know, Pinboard uses a tag system to organize and then using the Pinboard, uh, uh, API, it'll actually post the link to my um, Pinboard account with the appropriate tag. And it works great. I use that all the time. I use it every day, just about.
1: Okay. So what's the downsides of Keyboard Maestro?
2: Oh, let's see. Some of the some of the pain points. Um, sync, there's no syncing. So if you use KeyboardMeister on multiple machines, there's no real way to sync your macro library easily and, a, and, and safely, I would say. You can export your macros. So you can get them out and you can save them as XMLs and, and give them to somebody else.
1: Yeah, I did that. I got them right on my laptop. And then once I kind of had what I wanted – I exported and then I was able to import them on my iMac. So it's possible, but it's not seamless and it's not it's not painless. I guess you would say right. It,
2: it's not like Text Expander, which has really good good sync. I would say yeah. Um, also, the documentation isn't so great, and I think that's the hardest thing for new people who come across it. At least it was was for me trying to convince a couple of my friends to use it. Is the the documentation is. It's all right at the very beginning, but once you get beyond just building very basic macros, it kind of drops off, and you're, you're left to kind of figure things out and discover them on your own.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it seems to me the learning curve with Keyboard Maestro is, is a little difficult. You have to kind of get going on it and figure out what it's capable of. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you have to say to yourself, okay, self, what do I have in my life that I could use this for to make life easier? And I think that's probably different answer for most people. So it's not easy to document it. Um, but there are a lot of smart people on the internet, yourself included. Uh, ben Brooks has done several posts on this. Um, mm-hmm. Mac Stories did a great post on it. And I'm going to – I've been collecting links to it. So I'm going to put a bunch of links in the show notes here so people can look at how other people have used it. And I think that really helps. Yeah. That's, and, that's and those how posts. You get, get a lot figured yeah, and, out. And Gabe's posts, I think, are a good place to start because – Often he uses screenshots and everything to show you how exactly how he set it up. And for the people who are not, you know, upper level nerds and speak in Perl and, and all the script languages, you still can get a lot out of this app. And for the people who are, you know, super nerds out there, you can make this thing sing and dance for you.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I tend to to learn best, at least by a first shot with um you know video and of course the master of video screencasting is don mcallister and don did a keyboard maestro episode that i used when we were first starting david to to think about the idea of doing a keyboard maestro show so we'll stick a link to that in the show notes and then i know gabe you gave us some other links to some great keyboard maestro tutorials that Mm -hmm. got more in depth into doing specific um tasks with keyboard maestro
1: that's right. Is it Don, is Don's free? One of the free shows.
0: I don't know if Don's is one of the free shows, but if it's not, Don's, we'll find out. Don's stuff is well worth the price of admission. Yeah,
1: it is. Uh, so if you're listening to this, you're still a little confused. I understand, but go check it out because this really could change the way you use your Mac. And it could mean you get your work done faster so you can get out and have fun.
0: And you know, David, I'll tell you, it was one of those things that I was really skeptical about. Um, because I thought why do I need this I use launchbar I use text expander I don't need you know and I, I know how to dabble enough in, in in automator and I'm not about to write a bunch of apple scripts why why is this a tool that I need and you know you kept insisting no no we need to do a show on keyboard maestro <laughs> and um the more I got into it you know I was just you know I was at the gym one day I was like Oh, it came to me. I can use this to automate my mail steward. And then as I dug more into it, you know, it came to me. Oh, I can use it for this. I can use it for that. So if it's not real obvious right now that there are, that you can use this to completely automate your entire Mac life, I bet there are one or two things that you could use it for. And then I bet as you get into it, you'll find that there are three or four more. And then maybe a half a dozen more after that. And then it just kind of balloons from there.
1: Yeah. I believe this yeah. app. Combined with Automator, with a good knowledge of Automator and, and creating services, almost replaces the need to learn AppleScript because uh, between these two, there's a lot of interoperability stuff you can do between apps, and that's the whole idea of AppleScript. But you know, it's a whole programming language, and a lot of people don't want to have to deal with learning a programming language. But you know, that's what these types of tools. This and another one is Hazel. You know, you put these things together, and suddenly someone who doesn't know a lick of programming can make their computer do some pretty amazing things. So this is definitely a piece of that and uh, use that discount. Peter was kind enough to give it to us and, you know, enjoy it. And let us know what you're doing with it. Cause I think this might be an ongoing conversation.
0: Let's take a quick break and hear from our last sponsor Chrometa. Now, David, I don't know about you, but we're getting into kind of my slow season. And this is always when I start to get nervous about my billing because my billables tend to drop and, things start to dry up. But, you know, I've, I've noticed that when I'm comparing this year to last year, uh, things have actually been better or not as bad. And I am sure that that's because I'm using Chrometa and I'm actually keeping track of all my time and I'm losing so much less time than I did compared to this time last year.
1: Yeah, so Chrometa works by tracking the time you spend in individual apps and particularly individual documents within those apps. So if you make your living by keeping track of your time, this is a great app for you.
0: Yeah. And what it does is it launches in the background, works on your Mac, it works on your PC and it automatically monitors what you do. Are you in a word processing program? And if so, what document are you working on? Are you in an email? And if so, what is that email and you know, who, what's the subject of that email and who's it to, um, are you um, working on a specific project? And if so, you know, what are the documents that you have open for that? And then at the end of the day, or however you have it set up, it either provides you a daily summary email and it keeps track of it on the Chrome meta website. But if you walk away from your computer, because not everything we do is on our computer, although a lot of it is, um, and you can tell it, you know, if I walk away for more than five minutes or more than 10 minutes, you know, it will prompt up a little dialogue box and it will say, Hey, I noticed that you haven't been around. Um, What have you been doing? And you can say, Oh yeah, that's because I was in a meeting with so-and-so discussing X, Y, Z. Or you can say, oh, well, that's because um, I was off researching XYZ for such and such a case. And it will track all of that time as well. So at the end of the day or the end of the week or however often you want to track it, uh, Chrometa knows exactly what you've been doing and what you've been working on. And you can set up filters where you can filter some of that by client and then you can go in and manually uh, filter whatever hasn't been automatically filtered and see exactly how much time you've spent on your clients and make sure that you're billing accordingly.
1: So lawyers, accountants, creative professionals, anyone who works by the hour, this is a great way to improve your billings and take some of the sweat work out of it. I mean, the app takes care of it for you. It's $19 a month for the starting account, and it pays for itself very quickly.
0: Yeah, and they've got some great videos on their website. So if you're not quite sure if this is something that's for you, uh, check it out. We've got links in our show notes, and there are links on our website website. And you can look at their videos it will show you exactly how to set it up, exactly how to get up and running. And there's even a free trial, so you can try it before you buy it. Um, I think you'll find that you're very quickly um, keeping track of a lot more time, and you're going to make a lot more money. Because like I said, this is my dry season, and uh, I've I've noticed that uh, it's not nearly as bad as it was last year. And I'm convinced that it's because Chrometa uh, is making sure that I'm accurately tracking what I'm supposed to.
1: And thanks to Chrometa for sponsoring the podcast. And thanks a lot, Gabe, for coming in and talking to us about Keyboard Maestro. Any final thoughts on Keyboard Maestro, Gabe?
2: Um, it feels very reminiscent of when I first discovered Quicksilver. You know, I don't know if you were in that position where you're like, "Oh, this se- this seems nice," you know, and then you, you start figuring out, you start seeing people and you're like, "Wow, that's like magic!" Like if you see some of the stuff Merlin Man has done with Quicksilver, it's Kind of mind-blowing. And that's how I start to feel about keyboard maestros. There's just such depth there that you can make really, really amazing things and make your Mac do things that you just never would have thought of.
1: Yeah, you start peeling back the onion, and there's more there. That's right. Well, thanks a lot, Gabe. It's macdrifter.com. Go check it out. You probably want to subscribe, especially if you're interested in keyboard maestro, because I'm sure there'll be more about it. Oh, yeah. But Gabe talks a lot about automation and Mac in general, has some great posts. Some of them are pretty funny, too. And uh, (laughs) go check it out.
2: Thank you, David. Thanks, Kitty. I really appreciate the time.
0: Thanks, Gabe. So we've got a lot of feedback to cover. Yeah, we do. We do. So I have gotten um, lots of great feedback about our Cutting the Cable show, but lots of people seem to want to know about media centers because, you know, we didn't talk a lot about media centers. So I've gotten uh, lots of people wanting to know more about the Elgato products, lots of people who have recommended the Plex, lots of people who have recommended Boxy, lots of people who have written in telling me about how they've used their Mac Mini to create a home media center because that's a very popular thing to do now that they've got their HDMI port. And, you know, we went almost an hour as is just on the topics that we did cover. So, um, you know, I'm thinking media centers is, you know, potentially a show unto itself.
1: I I agree. I think we're going to get to that probably in 2012.
0: Yeah. So uh, we've, we've got it on the list and, you know, keep sending us your feedbacks and your thoughts on that. And uh, I I think that's an interesting topic and one that I personally am interested uh, in exploring more. So I'll, I'll be doing some research for you.
1: Okay. We heard from uh, Robert and some other people asking about my book and they said, well, what did you use dragon for while dictating the book? And I use dragon dictate extensively on the Mac I didn't use it that much on the iPad, and I think that's the question I was getting, because uh, Dragon Dictate on the Mac only captures it in little chunks. Uh, Now, with Siri and the speech recognition support and the new iPhone, I find I can dictate a lot more, and I am using that quite a bit, but uh, that didn't exist when I wrote the book. So to answer your question, I didn't really use Dragon that much for writing the book on the iPad.
0: Uh, Ryan wrote in and a bunch of other people have written in since our Evernote show because I think, you know, it's had a, caused a lot of people to go back and revisit Paperless, which is one of our, our first shows. And I think it's a show that we're due to revisit again in 2012. Um, David, you said your office is going Paperless in 2012, so I'm excited to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about Paperless right now. I'm going to do a talk on it at the American Bar Association Tech Show in Chicago next April. I'm sorry, late March. So if anybody's out there, check that out. So we're going to develop a, an extensive new paperless show as I work on that stuff.
0: Um, but um, one of the questions that that we repeatedly get from people is, what scanners are you using? You know, it, I know before when we were doing the paperless show, we were really into the ScanSnap scanners. Do we still like them? What scanners are you using? And, um, you know, I don't can't speak for you, David, but sitting right here on my desk where I'm podcasting, I've got the ScanSnap S1500M, uh, which is their higher-end scanner and that does all the cool things like the recognition of things that you've highlighted and it does the um, double-sided page editing or double-sided page scanning. And it does the OCR and it has the 50 sheet document feeder. And that is my go-to scanner of choice. Yeah. Um, I tell you you what though, I I have been playing around with the S 1100, which is the smaller version. It's a little bit less expensive. Now it also has a document feeder, but it doesn't have as extensive a document feeder And I've got that sitting on my desk at work for just doing little one-off scans so that I don't have to go down the hall to scan one sheet of paper. Um, And that's working out really well for me, too. Now, we've we've got these big, high-powered, you know, professional document scanners at work that, you know, you could stick 300 pieces of paper in and and it would scan, you know, copy scanner thingies at work. Um, And obviously, I use those for big jobs, but I like this little S1100, so... I know a lot of people are put off by the price tag of the 1500M. For me, it's more than paid for itself. But if, if that's a little intimidating, I would say look at the 1100 because I would say for, you know, now that I've gotten this backlog of stuff cleared out of my scanning catalog, the 1100 would probably work for, for most of what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, and if you're on tighter quarters, you could put the 1100 in a box much easier than you could the 1500
0: yeah, the you just 11- take it out when you need it. Yeah, the eleven hundred is it could easily fit in a drawer and it is actually designed that it, it could be portable because it can be powered off a USB power supply. They actually have one now that's even smaller that just does a, a single sheet, single side, but the eleven hundred still does double sided scanning. Um and does have a little document feeder.
1: Uh, and Katie, in terms of other manufacturers, I still am impressed with Fujitsu and I haven't been convinced otherwise part of our paperless workflow at our office we're building in and we'll talk about this more when we do the show on it is we put a scan snap on every staff desk so all the secretaries have them right on their desks and they love them
0: oh I'm really excited to hear about that I would love for our office to go paperless we've got we got some stodgy old guys though I don't know if we're gonna get them
1: Yeah, we also heard from some people uh, about some of the things we talked about, limitations in Evernote. One of them was tagging. Um, Roger referred us to uh, Taggy, an app for Evernote that gives you some tagging support. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes.
0: Yeah. Um, I got an email from Kevin going back to our uh, Cutting the Cable show because I talked about one of the ways that I was able to keep my cable bill um, still bundled was by bundling my, my internet service with my cable phone service. And Kevin was a very strong proponent of a service called Uma, and I think I'm pronouncing that right. O O M A, which is one of these um, uh, VoIP alternative phone services where you buy the core system for a flat fee, and then you can make VoIP telephone calls from that. Um, and and apparently they're, it's very inexpensive for you know as little as twelve bucks a month or or more for the different plans. And I did look at this. I've used Vonage in the past for phone service and to me Vonage wasn't much of a savings over over what I'm paying for my cable company but it sounds like UMA definitely would the only thing that presently keeps me from from using a system like this is I do have a monitor alarm system at my house and I have seen reports that they don't necessarily play nice with UMA but some people say otherwise and you know it was just I I didn't want to throw that other kink in the mix so um because I have kind of spotty cell phone coverage I could see myself going to something like UMA in the future. Yes. Not quite ready to give up that home phone.
1: And I caused some grief with our show when I talked about mint.
0: You did. Yes.
1: Yeah. Lisa said she was yelling at her iPad because of me.
0: Yeah. Well, you do invoke that reaction.
1: Strangely, I do that a remarkable number of times. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, I talked about how I keep my personal finances on mint and, she said, that's really, really, really a bad idea. And it's funny. I am so religious about my client data off the cloud, but my personal finance data I've got up there. So, and I guess, I don't know what that says about me, but.
0: well, uh, she, Why, she why did Lisa, points, yeah. What were Lisa's points? Cause I thought she made some good ones.
1: Well, just that, you know, putting, she's a retired CPA. And she was just saying, you know, putting it up on the cloud. Actually, she wrote quite a long email, <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, You know, she said that, you know, putting it up there, if anyone gets your password, you know, it's one password and they get into all of your financial details and you're giving this company access to, which is Intuit, access to all these various financial institutions and all the accounts you tie it to. And that's a little nutty. I think that's a good summary. That is any of her points.
0: Yeah, well, because the idea is that if either Intuit goes rogue or if somebody gets into Intuit's databases, they've potentially got your password. Excuse me. They've potentially got your password to all of your banking sites that you have linked there.
1: Yeah, so that's probably not a very good idea. And it's making me reconsider, but I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do. And I think I'm tired of pussyfooting around with personal finance and accounting software. I think we're going to have to just step it up and and find somebody really smart next year and, and really dig into this and see if we can give our listeners some solutions. But
0: David, I'm just still not convinced there is a good solution.
1: Well, I'm going to look into it. So, that's not off the table yet, but uh we're we're planned shows for the next few months, but eventually we're going to get back to this and figure something out.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Good luck with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I I need I need stuff to do.
0: Okay, good. All right. Well, I think that's going to about wrap us up for today. So, uh David, how can you find us?
1: You can go to our website at www.macpowerusers.com or 5x5.tv slash MPU.
0: Yeah, and there you'll find links to everything that we talked about in this show, uh, including links to some of the great tutorials that Gabe was telling us about and some other resources for learning about Keyboard Maestro, as well as, you know, if if we got a lot of people telling us that, hey, we just recently found you with your switch to 5x5, or a lot of people just recently found us because there were some retweets on our, our recent shows. Um, what what else have we done? Well, you know, take a look. Our entire back catalog is there. So you can see all of the other shows that we've done over the past, past. gosh, what has it been? Almost three years now.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to go nuts with links. So on this show, so yeah. there'll be stuff in there that we didn't even mention in our discussion of some interesting keyboard maestro tips and tutorials. So make sure to check it out if you're at all interested in this app.
0: Good deal. Um, and if you want to email us, you can email us at feedback. At MacPowerUsers.com. That's the email address you want to use because it will come to both David and I, and uh, one of us should respond, maybe both if you get lucky.
1: Okay, and Twitter is uh, at MacPowerUsers, and Katie is at Katie Floyd, and I'm at Max Sparky. Also, we blog. Uh, go check out maxparky.com I just did a site redesign It's looking better than ever, and Katie is katiefloyd.me. That's
0: right. Uh, We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Mac power users. And if you too want to get the Mac power users, what did you have, David? The long underwear and the scarf and the boxers and the.
1: Actually had an Ascot. The Ascot and and, uh, and the monocle
0: and the monocle. Yeah. I didn't see that on the store, Uh, but if you want to get stocked up on all of your Mac power users needs for the holidays, uh, check out the Mac power user store. uh, And you can find links to that at our website.
1: Okay. Well, thanks everyone for uh, sticking with us through another detail show. I always like doing these and love hearing from people who discover the software and find uses for it. Also, thanks to our sponsors, Smile, 1Password, Chrometa, Omnigroup, and Byword for supporting the podcast.
0: And David, what's next?
1: Uh, next, we're going to do a workflow show with Horace Deju uh, from Asimco, who is a really smart guy and does some pretty amazing things with spreadsheets. And I'm looking forward to hearing how he goes about it.
0: Yes, I am as well. He's also one of our 5x5 co-hosts who's constantly amazing, me. Right? Yes. So.
1: so we'll see you then. And everybody have a great, I guess, uh, well, we just finished Thanksgiving as this show goes to air. We so just you, finish
0: Thanksgiving. I hope so you're recovering you from
1: your turkey and ready for the holidays.